Yep. Father. Hey, Maka. Hey, Shreddy. We're back here. Episode two of Sports and Spit. Yeah, that's right, mate. It's a uh, pretty hot day, so uh, we thought we'd bring you a little bit of the Australian summer of sport and what we think about it. So we're back for episode two. We hope some of your listeners are back for episode two as well. Cold beer in hand. Let's do this. Let's get it on. All right, so uh, we've hit uh, episode number two. We haven't quit after one episode. No, no, we've always come back. Pretty big thanks to all those uh, people out there who have uh, tuned in and uh, listened to episode one. Yeah, we got some great feedback. Um, we were told about a couple of the mistakes that we made in episode one. Um, so I would uh, like to take this opportunity to formally apologise to Delta Goodrum uh, and the Bondi Vet, also their representatives, for misrepresenting that they were romantically involved. Uh, look, to be honest, I didn't actually read the article. Um, and I was fairly clear at the start of episode one about the factual accuracy of what we would say here. That's correct. Um, so anyway, good luck to Delta and the Bondi vet, uh, Chris, I think his name is, um, in whoever they happen to be dating. So um, we'll just uh, probably move past that and get straight into the sport for this week, eh? That's correct. But before we delve really deep, let's just talk about this weekend. A lot's been going on, um, namely the temperature. It's been pretty hot everywhere. Yeah, it's a massive day today. Obviously, you know, um, big temperatures on the east coast. Obviously, yesterday was pretty hot um, down there in Mexico or Melbourne, as we like to call it. Um, we, I was lucky enough to visit the cricket yesterday at the SCG, um, the Ashes series, which is basically a dead rubber. So, um, yeah, I was glad that uh, I was sitting in the shade because otherwise I would have gone home, um, which was always a good day, though, because... Uh, a great cause, the Pink Test, um, raising funds for the Jane McGrath Foundation. Um, and I really had a good time at the cricket. It was good. A couple of idiot mates came with me, um, and uh, we enjoyed ourselves, as we always do at the sport. Um, some big things across other events, though. Um, a bit of tennis was cancelled in Sydney today, and we're currently sitting in uh, Switchy or Streety's living room. Uh, big upgrade. Yeah, we've been upgraded from the toy room. Um, mainly because we didn't want to pass out because it was too hot. That's right. We've got ducted aircon in here, and we've got a big-ass TV that we're currently watching some live tennis. Everyone's favourite Australian tennis player, Nick Kyrgios, playing in the <laughs> final of the Brisbane International. Currently, three sets all in the first set. Um, we're just having a chat, deciding when Kyrgios will uh, end the match with an injury and pull out. He's looking a little Whoa. bit tender. He's had a he's few looking, bends of the knee. He's looking at his knee right now. I think we were both just surprised that he hung around past the third round and didn't yes. feign an injury. Camera zooms in right really? on the knee, put a bit of taping just below the knee and a bit of a uh, tape up the back of the hamstring, and he's looking a bit ginger. So odds on that he's going to pull the plug, I think, which is what everybody expected. Australia's most uh, banged-up 23-year-old, I think, is Nick Curios's former name. Um, and we've also had a name change here at Sports and Spit, so we thought we'd tell you a little bit about that and uh, and why we went through that name change. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, basically, the censors at Apple didn't like our title uh, for the iTunes store and was going through a uh, approval process, <laughs> and the word shit in the title um, basically didn't pass a test. So they wouldn't register our podcast on iTunes, which is obviously a big platform to host podcasts, and it's a good way to be found. Um, so we had to come up with a name change the day after we aired our first episode. Yeah, so thanks a lot, Steve Jobs, you dickhead. 
Tim Cook's the man now, but I'm sure it was someone else. Yeah. Anyways, he probably it's all good. It anyway, but we, we did start. come up with the word spit, and uh, we feel that um, spitting is synonymous with sport, so it was a, a natural fit. Yeah, we thought it fit okay, um, and largely because probably we were too lazy to come up with anything else after we ran through a lot of different S words, really. Um, but we think it fits quite well, so uh, we thought that um, the topic of name changes when we went through that process was quite interesting, wasn't it, Streety? We, uh, we found that um, sports and name changes came hand in hand. There was quite a lot of uh, name changes that have happened over the years in sport. But, um, That's right. We, so we thought we'd talk a little bit about that today. Correct. Uh, that, that'll be our first little segment. Uh, later on, we're going to talk a bit of tennis. Mm. But first, we just want to uh, run through some of the big names uh, that have accompanied Sport and Spit um, in the name-changing business. So we'll start off with a few people. Uh, the first one we have here is Meta World Peace. Formerly known as Ron Artest, who was a rugged defender in the NBA, played for a few defender. different teams. He was a great a lunatic. If Definitely, he was. Ron was involved in the greatest fight I've seen in any sport. Correct, uh, the Malice at the Palace, yeah. <laughs> Detroit versus Indiana back in two thousand and four. Yeah, whereabouts were you when that happened, Macca? Oh, well, I'm not sure where I was when it happened, but I certainly watched the replay a number of times. I, I think the greatest thing was that. Uh, it was the first uh, iteration of interactive sports in terms of fans getting involved because, um, geez, I tell you what, when Ron went into the crowd, a few people cleared out, didn't they? That's yeah. right. It was pre-Facebook, so uh, you know, we had situations where the uh, the players really did interact with the fans. Yeah. I was happened to be in San Diego with a friend of mine. We are at a bar uh, watching the game. and then well, all That's why you asked me where I was because you wanted me to, okay, yeah, good one. Right yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in a better place than you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, we happened to watch the game and then suddenly the big screen just erupted in this big fight and the whole bar congregated around this television with beers in hand cheering on. It was fantastic. <laughs> and were you cheering for Ron or were you cheering for the random fan who threw beer over him? Well, we just couldn't believe what was happening, actually. It was um, part entertainment, part shock. Uh, some other um, names in the... Uh, mainly in the American sports. We've got here Chad Ocho Cinco. Yeah. Formerly known as Chad Johnson, yep. he was a flamboyant wide receiver in the NFL. Played yep. for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, wore number eighty-five on his jersey, yep. and he decided he wanted to change his name to Ocho Cinco, which is eight-five in Spanish. Was that so? He decided was that his nickname, or I thought I remember for some reason that that was his nickname. He decided that he then like it was a marketing thing. It was, but he actually did legally change it. He did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? The Geelong Cats forward was it Gary Hocking? Who, Whiskers. Whiskers. He changed his name. So the company paid him to change his name. Correct. Right. By Depol. Yeah. Right. Well, that hasn't taken off as a marketing exercise, I don't think, in sport, has it? Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. We've also got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, formerly known as Lou Alcindor, mm. the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Yeah, the great skyhook that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had. And and that name change was more related to his religious beliefs. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. And probably the biggest name change of all was... Yeah, of course. Muhammad Ali, formerly yeah. known as Cassius Clay. Now, before yeah. we elaborate on this... Mm. Um, Muhammad Ali converted to Islam after defeating Sonny Liston for the heavyweight title. Mm. I actually think Cassius Clay is a better name. Is a better name? It, well, rolls, it rolls off the tongue. It's it's fantastic. Oh, so from so you like it from just basically I think it fits better. It's better. 
Uh, you like to say it more? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, right. Just the way it just comes off the tongue and Cassius Clay. Very where, marketable. Yeah, no, that's true. Where were you when Muhammad Ali defeated Sonny Liston? I don't think I was born. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. No, well, I wasn't in San Diego either. But <laughs> I, I think um, Cassius Clay probably... Yeah, I think it probably is a, a slightly better marketable name. Although, I don't know that you could you could say that now that Muhammad Ali's name is probably worth so much more money. Correct. But that's, you know, obviously he's built that, that kind of reputation, that market over a number of years. He's certainly taken on... He's one one guys, I think, that... Um, one of the guys that most people would say his name is going to carry on for many years you know he's built quite a brand up under Muhammad Ali that's right a lot of uh, professional sports people these days have a platform for instigating and bringing awareness for social change mm. Muhammad Ali you could say was the trailblazer in that department probably yeah. one of the first to, to use his profile um, to highlight certain you know social issues and inequalities back in the time uh, and a lot of players cite um, Muhammad Ali as the sort of a cornerstone for this, you know, these these movements that uh, happen these days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, most of them have his. They probably have a poster of him up on their wall somewhere, don't they? They'll have claim to anyway. Yeah, turning away from the uh, the social uh, side of things, we have JB <laughs> Holmes. Now he was known for his long drives, um, but he also shared a name with a porn legend. So wait, JB Holmes, he was a golfer. Correct. Okay. Yep. So this is a PGA golfer, JB Holmes. So he changed his name to his initials uh, because he didn't want to be associated with the porn star John Holmes. Of the same name, John Holmes, yeah. Never heard of him myself, but probably some listeners out there might have seen his work. There's a pretty good chance. I haven't personally, but uh, <laughs> there's a probably at least one of you guys out there. Yeah, I'd say probably John Holmes is probably known for his long drives as well, I'd say. So. Yes. Yeah. That's just a couple of individuals. We talk a few teams uh, across sports changing their names. Probably the, the the biggest one in recent memory uh, memory was that of the Charlotte Hornets, and they came into the league I think in 1988. So this is an NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets, obviously. So clearly we've gone back to our first love of basketball. That's right. Yeah, but they, the Charlotte uh, Hornets they were like they were one of the favourite. They were a pretty big team growing up. They had Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, yeah, Muggsy, Muggsy Bogues, yeah, I remember Muggsy Bogues. And growing up as a basketball loving teen, if you didn't mm. have an Orlando Magic or a Charlotte Hornets piece of oh. apparel, plus a hundred basketball cards, you're a loser. Yeah, absolutely. God, yeah. So the Hornets, eventually, after a while, had a bit of an owner that uh, had a disconnect with the city. Mm. He re- he relocated the team to New Orleans. Mm. They were there for for a while. Then uh, Hurricane Katrina came along in '05. And the playing uh, arena in New Orleans and the practice facilities and so forth were heavily damaged. So for two seasons, the team relocated to Oklahoma City. Mm. And this is pre-Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. Uh, the Hornets whilst were still known as the New Orleans Hornets, but adopted OKC on their logo. Okay. After that two years, they went back to New Orleans. Yep. And then the Charlotte Bobcats were around at the same time. The NBA felt sorry for Charlotte, so they granted them a... Expansion franchise. Now they were owned so, by. So you saying so? The Charlotte Hornets, while they were displaced from, from Charlotte. Oh no, sorry. You said they moved to New Orleans. Okay. That's right. All right yes. I get it. Yep. No but, uh, worries. Floating in the background. It's hard to follow. Yes. Yeah. It is very hard to follow. Mm. Uh, the Bobcats came in. Now they were owned by Bob Johnson, who owned BET, which is for Black Entertainment. Oh yeah. Okay. Big TV network over there in the states. Yep. And. Old Bob Johnson decided to name the team after himself and called them the Bobcats. 
Oh, right. That was after himself. That's right. Wow. Um, but bobcats are also an animal that uh, inhabits North Carolina. So there was some correlation there. Now, in oh, 2014, Bob, well um, the New Orleans Hornets decided to change their name to the New Orleans Pel- Pelicans after mm. they had a change of ownership. Yep. And then uh, Michael Jordan, who's now the owner of then Bobcats, said, we're going to change back to the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. So if you can follow all that, you've done pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, because we can't. But I can't, I'm can't. i not surprised that one of the owners has named the team after himself. I mean, if I owned a basketball team, they'd probably be called the, I don't know, the Sydney Mackers or something like that. That sounds all right. That's it? right, yeah, Sydney yeah. Mackers. Yeah, it's cool. Newcastle Mackers. King so Street Mackers. King Street Mackers, yeah, that's probably a better one. Yeah. So, and I'd probably be starting point guard too. <laughs> yeah. We've also got here the Washington Bullets had a name change to the Washington Wizards in yep. the mid to late 90s. Also an NBA team, yep. That's correct. Now, there's a bit of a political motivation behind this change. Mm-hmm. Uh, the owner at the time um, was concerned with the gun violence happening around the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah, well, I've been in Washington, D.C. It's pretty wild. It is these days, especially. Um, I didn't get involved in gun violence, but I'm sure there was some there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so basically, the owner of the team was also friends with the Israeli Prime Minister at the time, who was shot. So this really preempted his wish to change the names. Yep. They settled on the Wizards. That won uh, the fan vote. However, yep. there were some other suggestions with um, varying sort of names. One okay. being the Dragons. And I've seen the Dragons pop up for every every team that's coming in the NBA. Yep. That's considered a name change. Dragons is always on the short list. Yep. There was the Express. The Stallions. The Washington Express. Yes. Could have been the Washington Stallions also. Yeah. I don't mind the Washington Express. I think that sounds okay. Not too bad. Washington Stallions is okay. They might be related to John Holmes. Could be. Hmm. Yeah. Go hard or go home. Absolutely. The mighty Washington Stallions. Yeah. If I was a porn star, my my name probably would be the Express. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last one we have here, it's probably my favorite and I'm a bit disappointed they didn't get named this. The Sea Dogs. The Sea Dogs. <laughs> Do you, know, you what, like the Sea Dogs? What is a Sea Dog? Uh, well, a Sea Dog to us is a is a is a DJ, but um, and a former teammate of ours who played state league basketball with us. But I guess to the people of Washington, the Washington Sea Dogs. I I haven't seen a Sea Dog myself. Oh, the Sea Lice. Sea Lice. Yeah, there's They're a annoying. few of those. Yeah, they are quite annoying and bad. Bad around this time of year when people start to jump in all the creeks and rivers of Australia to get away from this heat. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, another name that's uh, a little bit different was mm. the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Mm. They came into the NHL, the ice hockey. Goldberg the goalie. In 1993. Yep. They were named after that movie as a bit of a cross-promotion. Charlie Conway was a big hero of mine. Disney owned the team. And from 93 to 2005, they were known as the Mighty Ducks. Mm-hmm. But Disney sold the team in 05, and the name and the logo were changed just to the Ducks. Okay, so they're just the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, pretty shit name, I think. Yeah, it's not as great as the Mighty Ducks. No. no. Not as great as the Glebe Dirty Reds, either. The Glebe Dirty Reds? The Dirty Reds. It's a shame they're not the in Glebe the... the uh, Glebe Dirty Reds? The Glebe Dirty Reds Are were they a, an existing rugby league team? No, that no. sounds like a rugby league They team. were a foundation team in 1908 in the New South Wales Rugby League. Okay. And they adopted their nickname, the Dirty Reds. Yep. After their maroon coloured jerseys they wore. Right. Now, at this point, we've gone through a number of different teams that have had a name change, a number of different players that have had a name change, because we have had a name change. Now, 
there's a bit of a correlation here because, well, you know, like Ron Artest was a bit of a wild card, wasn't he? That's right. And not from what I understand, the New Orleans Pelicans aren't going that great. That probably also game. too would make a list of the stupidest names in professional that's sports. Pretty the Pelicans, high, aren't you I big don't. Pelican? That's you, more, it's an insult more than a name, isn't it? It is. I, are Pelicans big in New Orleans? I'm not sure. It's the state bird. Oh, okay. All right. Well, fair but enough. still, like Pelicans, not not very graceful. Yeah. Big, big goofy, big feet. Yeah. But these name changes haven't largely related in a great amount of success for these franchises, have they? Oh, the no. Ducks are okay. The Ducks are pretty good in the yeah. NHL. Have they ever won it? Uh, yeah, they have actually. They did. Yeah, okay. they have. Yeah, yeah. Not not that not that long ago. Anyway, hopefully that go, name change goes better for us. Anyway, sorry, the Glebe Dirty Reds. Yeah, the Dirty on. Reds is a it's a mm. shame. You know, they're they're not around. I think they'll probably have a lot of supporters. Mm. Um, and you could do, definitely do a lot with the name. They would probably might attract a certain you know type of supporter. Oh, in Glebe you would certainly there'd be yeah, a certain type of person you, who lives uh, in Glebe. If you didn't have a shower and you had red hair, you'd probably get free season tickets. Yeah, that's true. That's a good idea, actually. There's one for the redheads out there, the Rangers. So that's all teams discriminated against. They're all teams of people that have had had name changes, mm. but we thought we'd take it an extra level and, and you know, <laughs> look into certain athletes in the sporting world, yeah. particularly professional world, or you know, almost professional. And we found these sometimes amateur. Yeah, we found these names quite amusing. This probably shows exactly the value of research um, when you prepare for something like a podcast because. Streety here has done quite a fair bit of research to find these names, haven't you? Well, it's too hot to do anything else today to be outside, so I just um, asked my friend Dr. Google, and um, we came up with a list of people in pro sports who should have considered a name change. Yep, and there are some people on here who definitely should have considered a name change. So, Streety, give us the first five, mate. So, the first five, we've got a footballer from the UK, goes by the name of Naughty Naughty. <laughs> Pretty tame, pretty tame. Don't don't hang up now. It gets better. The next one we have is a WNBA player called Dewana Boner. <laughs> and, a, and a WNBA player who wants a boner is probably a pretty rare commodity also, right? Oh, I don't think Dewana would be wanting a boner. No, I don't think she would. I wouldn't think no. so. Yeah. Then we have a footballer from Brazil who played in Portugal um, in their league there. His name was Argelica Fux. <laughs> now, I really got... A bit unfortunate if your name's Argelica as well. I, yeah, I'm curious to know who he did fuck. Uh, good old Argelica, but mm. it's in his name, Argelica Fux. Who knows? Just a quick update on the flog Nick Curios. He has just taken the first set, but he clearly has some type of problem with the umpire. Um, we I, haven't got the sound on. I'm not surprised. This could be an injury. Yeah, he... I, Look, it may be related to um, his brother in the crowd. We're not sure because you can't tell because his eyebrows don't move. So, anyway. He's not happy and he's still ginger on that knee. So, we'll keep you guys updated as to the progress of this uh, potential withdrawal for injury. It's, he's done it before and he's likely to do it again. I'd say so. Right Back on. to our, uh, our, our list of names. Mm. We've got here a NASCAR driver by the name of Dick Trickle. <laughs> yeah. Now, for all the fellas out there, I'm sure we can all relate to this guy because it's oh. happened at least once to us, so Look, Dick Trickle. And, and boys, it's, you know, don't be ashamed. It, it happens. Everyone everyone experiences it. So, so you know, don't feel too bad. And obviously, you know, someone's felt comfortable enough to name their child after the experience. That's right. Now, yeah. also, too, in uh, the, the next name we have here, this guy was a member of FIFA's Fair Play Committee. Now, FIFA, as you all may, may be aware... Haven't had the best track record with honesty and uh, <laughs> integrity and fair play, so to speak, particularly when it comes to the planning of World Cups. 
So I believe that Donald Trump's going for the presidency of FIFA after he's finished with That's America. That's right. Well, this this uh, guy's name goes. He goes by the name of Tokyo Sex Whale. <laughs> <laughs> and that's maybe the, the, one of the more unusual names on this list, but mm. if Tokyo Sex Whale was a member of the Fair Play Committee, you can probably, if he was a bit of a sex whale, imagine <laughs> you know using bribes and uh, things like that to uh, influence certain FIFA representatives. Uh, what if nations? Uh, it's probably fortunate that Dick Trickle wasn't involved in soccer, otherwise he and Tokyo Sex Whale get together a fair bit and talk about fair play. That's right. Mm. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, on the whole sex theme, we've got a, a player from the ABA over in the States in basketball back in the, the 60s. His name was Chubby Cox. <laughs> I think we'd all like one of those. So Chubby Sox, uh, Chubby Cox, rather, scoring mm. everywhere. Good yeah. on him. Yeah, got it. Now, oh, we might as well just stick with the theme. <laughs> College footballer from the States goes by the name of Lucius Pussy. Lucius. It's luscious. Luscious pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could also be pronounced Lucius Pusey, but, you know. Yeah, but you could also pronounce Joel, Joel. That's correct. But you're not going to. That's right. Yeah. Um, Because it's ridiculous. A fan favourite macker we have here, a footballer from Germany, went by the name of... Ralph Minge. (laughs) So, I would say that Ralph Minge could have possibly been a halfback for the Glebe Dirty Reds. Now, can you imagine that? Like, Ralph Minge runs out at halfback. That'd be pretty decent. I would say. Minge's through the middle. He scores. <laughs> uh, Minge's chip and chase, I'd say. Um, and then uh, coming also off the back of Ralph, um, which probably, I don't know if you'd want to, yeah, anyway, uh, there's some connotations you could take from that, but I probably won't go there. Um, an ice hockey player, I'm not sure he played for the Ducks, but his name was Dick Paradise. Um, yeah, Dick, probably pretty good at a swingers party. Um, probably could call swingers parties just a, Another name, Dick Paradise. Um, and uh, in the baseball world, um, as a guy, I'm not I'm not familiar with the history of these guys. You might have some sort of history on these guys, Streety, but um, gentleman by the name of Steve Schartz. Steve Schartz. So um, uh, you'd probably have to think about a name change there, wouldn't you? Well, a little bit like a Dick Trickle. Everyone's done a Steve Schart in their pants <laughs> at least once in their life. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Even if they're over the probably. age of 18, it's happened at least once. Yeah, I, well, after about 10 beers, I think we've all done a little one, haven't we? So yep. everyone's looked in the underpants and seen a little bit more than what they'd like to. So. Now, over in China, mm. um, table tennis is a massive sport. Yeah, huge. Huge. Yeah. Like, almost maybe the biggest sport they have. Yep. This guy Close. is uh, maybe the, the greatest ever table tennis player. Yep. And it goes by the name of Wang Licken. Wang Licken. Yeah. So I just answered, when you were saying that, I reaffirmed what you were saying about how big table tennis was and how big Wang Licken is yeah. in table tennis. As if I knew, I don't know. Mm. Is he that big? Is that true? Well, Wang Licken is big in China. Wang Licken. <laughs> Wang Licken is big in China. I imagine it is a huge pastime. Or a huge, he's, he's big, obviously. Yeah. He would be. And the other guy who's pretty big is... Dong Dong. So Dong Dong is is huge in gymnastics in China. He's a very big player in the gymnastics. Do you think world. his name was just Dong and then he put on his gymnastics outfit and they saw his <laughs> package and decided to double it and Dong, call him Dong. Dong Dong? It might be. The Dong Dong might have come from when he runs down the race ready to go to the the, the, like the vault. 
Oh, yeah. So he's going left, right. Kind of like a Matt Shervington experience. Totally. But the Chinese version. Dong Dong. Dong Dong. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. If you're into gymnastics, maybe check him out. Dong Dong would be a sight to behold. Definitely. (laughs) Not many athletes from the Seychelles cracked the list, particularly cyclists. Yeah. I don't even know if they have uh, racetracks in the Seychelles. I'm not sure at all how big cycling is in the Seychelles. I, I, I don't know. But I know that Gaylord Silly... Is, is the name of one of their athletes in cycling. Correct. Yeah, mm. he was uh, racing in the World Indoor Cycling Track Championships a few years back. Yep. And uh, during the qualifying, his name came up on the screen, Gaylord <laughs> Silly. So he's going to win an award for originality yes. for, for, for a name. Yep, yep. Um, parents probably have a little bit to answer for for that. Yep. Now, uh, there's a college basketball player next on the list. Now, I just want to ask, is, is this person a female or a male? It's a female. A female. So that's even more unfortunate. It's a female by the name of Ivana Mandic. So um, obviously if you say that fairly quickly, it's going to sound like she wants a Mandic. Um, yeah, there's not a great deal of dicks out there that aren't men's. But That's right. Yeah. Now pronunciations aside, it's more than likely a itch, a Manditch. Manditch. for the probably. sake of this and our Australian twang and accents, that's right. we're going to stick with Ivana Mandic. Yep, that's right. Yep. Now, the next one, Maka, is probably one of your favourite all-time Olympic athletes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, she was around in the Sydney 2000 Games. She was. Uh, I really remember. Yep. yep. You having lots of conversations about her, as did a lot yep. of males. Yep. Um, yep. Can you introduce so, her? Misty Hyman. Um, Misty Hyman is uh, one of the greatest swimmers that America has ever produced. Unfortunate for her that the funny nature of her name <laughs> probably overshadowed her achievements. Um uh, and yes, I am a very big fan of Misty. She was a wonderful athlete. Misty Hyman was into breaking things, particularly records, but yeah. Hyman and breaking and breaking yeah. things with Misty. Definitely. Definitely. That I, was, I uh, imagine they come hand in hand. Yes. So. Yep. So, um, And now, obviously, this next person on the list um, is probably just a decent one. Kim Yu Suk from the pole vault area of South Korea. Now, South Koreans are not known for their track and field prowess. Mm. Um, Must be good runners, though, I guess. And when it came to the qualifying rounds of the 2008 Beijing Olympics, Kim Yusuk, K-I-M-Y-O-O-S-U-C-K. Actually spelled S-U-C-K. Yes. Failed on every single attempt uh, to clear the bar. Did? Yeah, right. So, Kim Yusuk, Kim, you did actually suck. You were (laughs) quite shit now. (laughs) Yes, you did. That's right. Yeah. Now, moving back into the UK where there was a football player, Dean Windass. Dean, yeah, oh, there's probably enough said about Dean. He was a striker and he did let it rip quite yeah. often. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Not the natural scorer that you were when you were a striker. No. For our uh, soccer team. I was the world's worst striker. Three yep. goals in two years or something silly <laughs> like that. Uh, that was probably the sum total of the team's goals as well. We weren't that great either, mate, behind you, so don't worry about it. Yeah. So, Anyway, so um, a volleyball player from the United States should have probably considered a name change. Destiny Hooker. Um, probably a fair few hookers named Destiny, I would imagine. I think you probably have to aim it. If it's your destiny, you've got to aim higher than a hooker, right? No, oh, well, yeah, presumably, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, probably makes more money than I do, some of them. Could be, yeah. Well, depends on what you do with it, I guess. Anyway. American football. Yep. Now, these guys in their um, you know <laughs> huddles or whatever, and they mm-hmm. pack the line. When the quarterback gets down behind that center before the snap of the ball... That's correct. Surely this happens a lot. 
This guy goes by the name of Dick Felt. Yes. Now, surely every now and again the quarterback gets a handful of something that's not made of pigskin. That's right. So uh, Dick Felt was right in the thick of it, um, right amongst the action. He would have been a very popular American football player, I imagine. Yeah. We've got another volleyballer next, Japanese volleyballer. For the value of pronunciation, I'm going to let you take this one because I think you'd be better at saying this. Well, Yoshi, take a shitter. (laughs) I'm sure Yoshi has done it many times. Yep. But to uh, see the name in print on the back of his jersey, yeah. take a shitter, yeah. um, look quite fantastic. <laughs> Can you imagine people cheering, like, and you, you go, take a shitter, take a shitter, you know, as he comes to the plate ready to hit one? I think... Uh, I, what are you I, hitting the plate in volleyball? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, in volleyball. Yeah, okay, cool. So, like, <laughs> but if he's... I, sorry, I thought he's a baseball player. Yeah. Japanese, lots of them are baseball players. Or maybe he's a dual sportsman. He may be. Yeah, you don't know. He's probably very talented. More known for his volleyball. What were you saying about factual accuracy? Yeah. yeah. Well, the next one's probably my favourite. Number two on the list. The baseballer from the US. But his name is Rusty Cunts. <laughs> <laughs> when was Rusty around? Was he recent? Oh, I can't remember. He was in the more. 70s, old Rusty. Yeah, he did. Rusty's, Rusty's a name you don't see much in here these days. So. so Rusty Cunts would have been uh, right Rusty. at home in a, uh, in a nunnery. <laughs> but he was a professional baseballer. So old Rusty Cunts... Um, I imagine the uh, fact-checking would have been pretty big in the day about whether or not you actually print the name Cunts on the back of his jersey, wouldn't you? Now, for all the listeners out there, the spelling is K-U-N-T-Z. Now, if you are familiar with the German um, Mm. way of speaking, you would actually pronounce his name Kunz. Yeah. But But, that's no fun. We won the war, so that means we can pronounce it however we want. Correct. So our, our favourite of a baseballer is definitely Rusty Cunts. Yep. If they ever release some retro jerseys, mm. I'm sure his would be the number one seller. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I'd get a hold of a retro jersey. <laughs> and last but not retro. least on our uh, list, Macca, is a basketballer. Yeah, he was pretty big in international basketball, this guy. so Big um, indeed. Big indeed. And, and, yeah, and, and Italian. Uh, growing up, we loved the international basketball. Gregor Fucker. Now, we know that this is not how you pronounce his name. We understand that. But again, who would have ever watched this man play and not pronounce his name fucker? I mean, that's a pretty common swear word. Particularly the at the, the Sydney Olympics when yeah. old fucker here, uh, it, Italy, I think, made the medal rounds. Um, yeah, they did. So their, their squad got a quite a lot of airtime. Mm. So the name fucker was plastered all over the televisions and the yeah. stat boards. He was a starting center, about yep. seven foot two or something crazy. Yeah, of Slovenian guy. descent. However, um, he will always be remembered for his game. No, he will be remembered for his name and not his game. That's right, he will be. Yep. Similar to Misty Hyman, all overshadowed. Mostly, I would imagine, the achievements of all these people on this list um, was overshadowed by the, the nature of their name. But those are 22 people that probably should have considered a name change, just like we've recently undergone. Right, Streety. That's right. Sports and Spit now. We're going to have a weekly, um, or whenever we podcast, uh, a segment each week called the Spit of the Week. Yep. So our next topic, we're going to be talking tennis. And Wait, so we probably should say what the spit of the week's about. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just going to read it to you here because... Yeah. Um, oh, hold on a sec. There's Nick Kyrgios's brother. Um, and I know he suffers from alopecia and to all the alopecia sufferers out there, I, I I do like to say this is not discriminatory, but I do find it hard 
when Nick's brother gets upset or emotional because I can never tell because his eyebrows aren't there, so I can't see whether they move or not. So, And if he ever got Botox, hmm. he would dead set be a mannequin. He would too, yeah. He's got a new tattoo, Nick's brother, by the way. So so uh, that's good for him. Anyway. So this, um, this dummy spit, the spit, the first yeah. spit, we're going to do a throwback to 1995, an American tennis player by the name of Jeff Tarango. Oh, yeah, I remember this dummy spit. Yeah, so this American hothead spat the dummy in the ultimate fashion by becoming the first tennis player to walk out on a match at mm-hmm. Wimbledon. Yep. After losing a point that had been replayed during his third-round match against Alexander Morons, yep. Tarango told heckling spectators to shut up. Yep. A subsequent warning for an audible obscenity prompted him to march to Bruno Ruber's chair and demand his removal describing the umpire as the most corrupt official in the game. Oh, that's a big call, considering FIFA's around. That's right. So this slur earned him a point penalty, prompting Tarango to hurl two balls onto the ground, shout, that's it, and storm out of the court. His French wife, Benedict, later walked up behind the uh, umpire, twisted his arm, slapped him in the face, and said, (laughs) anyway, I will see you again. Right. And that sounds like the ending of a French love movie. It does too, doesn't it? However, this was more of a English nightmare Yeah. for old Jeff Tarango. So that was our first spit, a bit of a throwback to 95. Yep. Now, we'll, we'll, as we move forward to this podcast, we'll be, uh, you know, when the footy seasons and stuff, uh, yep. we fully expect some, some good spits from coaches and players in the presses. So we'll also take some submissions from listeners on our social media pages for the spit of the week so if you see somebody absolutely lose it in a sporting event or even just in general because there's been some good road rage videos going around lately we don't want to be discriminatory here and limit ourselves to just sport because we've got spit in our name as well so if you can find the best spit of the week you can send it through to us on our social media pages which are jump on to our facebook uh we are now known as sports and spit yep um, our Instagram is Sports and Spit also. So we've changed all the socials. Mm. All you need to do is just post a link onto our page yeah. and then uh, we'll share it and obviously credit you and the source. Mm. Now, as we watch Kerios here, who's currently up 3-1 yeah. in the second, um, with, it looks like he's going to break a game here. Yeah. Old mate there, Seppo Harrison, has uh, faltered on his first serve. Going to serve second. We're into tennis season. So January each year, the uh, the tennis tournaments roll around, and next week we have the Australian Open starting. So the greatest tennis player of all time, Roger Federer, took out with his partner, who no one really cares about or could remember her name, took out the Hotman Cup last night. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't watch. Yeah, no, fair enough. Not many people did, I imagine. But But, uh, the Australian Open draws a lot of uh, fanfare. It's a a pretty big event. Melbourne... um, Turns the uh, turns the lights on for for the tennis, and from all accounts, if you're just a casual tennis fan, it's always a great event to go and watch. Mm. Plenty to do and see. Yeah. So we're going to spend the next uh, little bit of this. Oh, just sneaks a line there. Kyrgios not happy, thinking about faking his injury, but he's still up, so he might decide to finish it and try and win. Tennis Australian yeah. Open. So the Australian Open um, it begins uh, a week from tomorrow. Um, it's been decimated by a lot of withdrawals or at least the men's side of the draw has been decimated by withdrawals the women's side possibly the biggest name in tennis Serena Williams withdrew 
a couple of days ago. Um, she's obviously coming back from giving birth to her first child. Um, but the men's side of the draw, um, you know, probably the typical names that you would expect up there in terms of the odds. Roger Federer paying a pretty decent price as favourite at the moment. Rafael Nadal, Djokovic. I, do you like no, Novak Djokovic? I, I don't like him. I used him to hate him. Much. You used to hate him. What? But then so I, well, I found out he's got a sense of humour. Oh, uh, yeah, he's, right. he's quite uh, animated. and well, he out, might want to tell his face the next time he plays. I don't, well, he doesn't show any emotion at all. Outside of tennis, I think he's a pretty funny guy and he doesn't take uh, life too serious. Yeah, so okay. he, he's growing on me, but... Um, it's hard not to like Federer. Yeah, he, he's never done anything wrong, and yeah. I think if he uh, was ever involved in a scandal, the whole world would collapse. Yeah, he probably. So he, he's probably, you know, Roger Federer is probably what Tiger Woods was before he crashed his car into that tree, and we found out he had a string of affairs. Correct. Right? Do you think Roger Federer is like capable of something like that? No, is there a dark no. side to Roger? No, I think he's too nice, and you know, he he may we might find out one day that he's actually not a human. He's a He's some kind of a program robot, uh, Mr. Perfect. You think? You yeah, the ones know. you've got to watch, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, maybe but Roger's two, swinging from the trees. 275. And dressed he, as Tarzan while he's Mrs. I don't know. Definitely a, definitely a clear favourite at the 275. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's definitely well in there. Do you think he'll win? I've got no idea, but we're going to predict the winners now for the men and the women. Yeah, so we're going to pick We're going to pick who we think's going to win. I, look, I, you know who I think's going to win? I, I like... Stan Wawrinka. Okay. Yeah, I like I like Roger Federer's count like uh, national counterpart, um, the Swiss. I just like Stan the Stanimal, um, and look, I look, I just think that uh, he's a good shot. Who's who's he going to play in the final? Who's your tip? Uh, the other finalists. Well, if if Nadal remains healthy, I think he's probably one of the better players. I. I would love to see Roger Federer win, though, because of who he is um, and what he's delivered over the years to tennis. And I've watched some amazing tennis matches with Roger in them. Um, so I'd love to see him go through. But, I, look, I do kind of think that maybe his time has come. So, Yeah, well, for me, I mean, Federer probably has my sentimental vote. So I'm mm-hmm. going to pick him to defeat Juan Martin Del Potro in the final. Yep. The big Argentinian. Oh, yeah. He's um, won a few things, hasn't he? Yeah, he's paying 15 bucks, so not too bad mm. uh, to win it, but I think a Federer Del Potro final is my tip. So put that in the books. We'll put that in the notes. Yep. Set in stone. Right. If we go cross over to the women's side of the draw, yep. I've got absolutely no idea who any of these listed players on the betting slip are. Oh, does anybody? I mean, once the Williams sisters kind of drop out, it's hard to remember any of their names. I know Caroline Wozniacki. Is she is she dating Rory McIlroy? Yeah, I think okay. they're married. Are they? Yeah, right. Well, she's my tip to win it, only because I know who she is. Okay. She's yeah. uh, paying ten bucks, which is not a bad bet. Yep. And I'm gonna say that uh, she's gonna face off against Sharapova. Oh yeah. In the uh, Maria, the jug cheat. Yeah, another shrieking, yeah. shrieking tennis player who yeah. doesn't love those noises. Yeah. On the tennis court. So, Maria's triumphant return to the court after being busted. Mm. What, what did she get done for? Uh, it was some type of market, masking agent, I think. And she came up with, you know, the same type of excuse. Oh, I was kind of in a chocolate bar that I ate or someone... A bit like Warnie's mum. I licked an envelope or something. Yeah, my mum gave me the pill or something like that. I don't know. So, thanks a lot, Maria's mum. So, I Venus Williams has still got a fair bit of play in her. I mean... 
She's paying $23 in the women's side of the draw. She's probably one of the better players. The um, the favourite, I don't know how to pronounce her name, is it? Muguruza. Muguruza. I think. But she's had injury problems in Brisbane. She's had injury problems here in Australia. I think she might struggle with the heat. And the Australian Open's pretty hot. Uh, I don't think you're too far off the mark with Wozniacki. I, I, I like her as well. But I think you're wrong about Sharapova, mate. I think she's just another Anna Kornikova with a serve. Um, so I don't think she's going to do anything special. I would predict that maybe Venus Williams will make a deep run here. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, Not but bad. I would think Wozniacki's probably got a pretty good shot. If we have a look at some of the uh, Aussies in the tournament, mm. uh, we've got Barty, who's our Australian number one ranked yeah. female. Ash Barty. She's uh, paying 26 bucks, yeah. uh, which isn't too bad. Yeah. And then a former Grand Slam winner, Sam Stozer, yeah. is the third ranked Aussie. Yeah. She's paying 151 so... To uh, get past the first round, I'd say. Yeah, because, don't bother. You'll yeah. do your money on that one. Yeah, uh, if we look at our Aussie males... Mm. We've got Nick Kyrgios, who's currently on screen, and a bit of a score update. He's up 4-1 in the second. Yeah. So he looks like he might carry through and not fake the injury and actually win a game. He may. He's uh, paying 17 bucks to win the tournament. Mm. Personally, probably a little bit too generous, those odds, for me. Um, I don't think he's got the heart for a major. You've got to play no. like someone like Leighton Hewitt. You know? No, I think... Um, Great Leighton Hewitt. He might be watching a bit too much League Pass in his preparation. He's a bit of an NBA fan, old Kyrgios, and there's some whispers that uh, he fancies his game as a basketballer more than a tennis player. I'd be highly surprised if he ever made a career out of that. Yes. And we've got uh, another young Aussie, Kokonakis, mm-hmm. uh, which I just love him because of his name, Kokonakis. Yeah, yep. he... And he slept with Stan Wawrinka's missus. Oh. Yeah, Kyrgios made that fairly clear one day. He got fined for that. Told, oh. told Wawrinka... Sorry, mate, but Kokonakis banged your missus. Oh, well, bit, he's... Bit uh, banter between points. Good on Kokonakis. Yeah, he he probably him, could have even made the list of the, uh, the the name people that could have changed their names. Yep. Yeah, and could. then everyone's best mate, Bernard Tomic. <laughs> Mark Filipousis, Mark II. Paying yeah. a huge $501 to win. He's paying $500 to turn up, I think. No one can find him. Yeah. You know, I think he might have gone a bit... AWOL, I don't think Bernard... I, I definitely wouldn't invest my money in Bernard. Well, he won't be driving to the tournament. Th- no, that's, sure. that's definitely true. Queensland police will have him shot on the side of the road. So there you have it. We probably think that's going to be a great Australian Open again. Um, there is another young Aussie, though, that... Well, a Spanish-Australian, I think. Is that right, Streeting? Well, I'd never heard of him until about four hours ago. Um, a but young bloke... a great run. ...by the name of Dimanua. So he's a young 18-year-old bloke, um, born in Sydney to a Spanish mother and a Uruguayan father. Mm. He lived here until he was five, and then he relocated with his family to Spain. And he returned in 2012. So he played in the Brisbane International this week and upset world number three, Milos Ranic, in straight sets. So that's created a little bit of a hype. Mm. And he made it all the way to the semis of this tournament um, that we're watching now. And he was beaten by the bloke that's on screen, Harrison, who's currently getting done by Kyrgios, who's up 5-1. So yeah, he's probably going to win this, Yeah, Kyrgios. we might actually see live a uh, Kyrgios winner. His brother will be excited about tournament. it, but you won't know it. No, he won't know. Uh, Mannequin. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so this young bloke, Dimoneur, he might be something for Australian tennis fans to be excited about. Yeah. And hopefully... As he, you know, moves into his early twenties, the fame and the fortune doesn't get to his head, and he doesn't become a dickhead like Kyrgios and yeah, Tomic have. Yeah, yeah. 
But good luck to him. I think you'll probably... We, we'll have a good, like, kind of wildcard Aussie in the Australian Open. Ash Barty, when she came back from her um, her cricket uh, career, was, like, probably, was it last year's or the year before's, real kind of... Um, she won the hearts of Australia and, and was our fan favourite for the for the period of the Open. So it's good we'd hope to see maybe Dimonure, he could be Australia's favourite for two weeks in January. That's right. Now, Mark, we had a question during the week from uh, one of our listeners. Yep. A dedicated fan. Yep. Uh, first name's Mick. Yep. Now, he, uh, his question was related to the prize money uh, with the Australian mm. Open. His, his question was he wanted us to raise the point and put it out there for some debate. The Australian Open was one of the first, I think, tournaments to a lot equal prize money. I believe so. To the male and the female winners. That's right. But uh, Mick wanted to know our thoughts on equal pay, yep. but the women only play three sets as opposed to five. Yeah. Is that unfair on the blokes? The blokes have to play five sets, the women play three? Uh, look, I I joke around Less about work it. for the same money? I know, yeah. Look, you can make that argument and I can understand what Mick is saying. I joke around about a lot of things, but equality, especially for women, is probably not something that I'd make a huge joke out of. I Look, I, it may look like that because men's players do have to stay on court for five sets or their matches are the best of five sets. Um, but, I, look, I, I think something like this is actually is required so that society can start to see that women need to be paid equal for anything that they do now for many years women have been underpaid and been paid a lot less for men so look whether whether in like a the female winner of the australian open gets paid exactly the same as the male winner is definitely not my concern um i think i'd be very a lot less concerned about that than i would be about the pay parity that probably exists in most kind of occupations for women still yeah. so Look, I get it. I know what Mick's saying, and I understand that um, that you know you would like to probably see you know people rewarded for just pay, but that hasn't happened for many years for women, mate. So I'm certainly not going to get on board now and kick them while they kind of do get some sort of parity. And if the product's good, if it's good tennis, if it's yeah. watchable, yeah. Uh, sometimes we do need to watch it on mute because we can't handle the the noises. Yeah, but... the noises probably get you a bit. I think that's true. But um, I, I got to say, I, I have seen some very impressive women's tennis. Yeah. Um, with you know, the, I think the rallies are probably better. Yeah, they it's, it's less are. of a power game and more finesse. So. Yeah, that's a good point because actually, I think um, maybe I don't know the stats, but you you might see you might actually see more rallies in women's tennis just because of the fact that it's less of a power game, like you said. Yeah. 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 And yeah. you know, as a as a male, I prefer you know, watching good looking yeah. ladies as opposed to. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, and so I think it's um, a two for one. I watch watch the men's tennis to watch the, the actual tennis. Yeah. Um, but you get the added bonus of watching good looking women play tennis, yep. and that can't be a bad thing. No, that's exactly right. So, so look, just um, I understand your point, Mick, but just sit back and enjoy it, mate. It's um, it's always a good watch anyway. So. Yeah. And if you are, you know, certainly we can open this uh, conversation up on our Facebook, but we probably would like to think that most people would share a similar sentiment to us. Um, as long as the product is good, then the pay should be the same. And, I mean, you know, if I'm going to complain about anybody's pay, it's not going to be a professional tennis player. It's like, you know, they're going okay. Yeah, so, then yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, all right, so uh, probably to finish up here, because we've gone for a pretty decent amount, we just thought we'd run through a couple of questions that were in our mind around tennis itself. 
And they come up every year around the Australian Open. Um, just a couple of kind of fun things to think about. Uh, the first one here that Switchy, Australia, you wanted us to talk about um, was all-time great mixed doubles combos that could have been. Yeah. So, so these are not, not the mixed doubles combos that have played together. These are the mixed doubles combos that you'd like to see play together. That's right, or like to have seen. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll take some uh, tennis players from the past. And one that, that, that really sort of um, I think about a little bit is Mary Pierce. Yep, Mary. Um, the French-American. That's Or Canadian, I think. Oh, French-Canadian, was she? Well, regardless of where she was from, she was... Uh, well, I think she was French, but she played for America, didn't she, eventually? Uh, I don't know. They all played for America eventually. Yeah, they all do. Um. So yeah, Mary Pierce and the Scud. Oh, and Mark Philippoussis. That's right. Now the probably reason probably my I, most hated sports person. The yeah. reason why I bring this combo up is, you know, Philippoussis was known as a bit of a playboy. Yes, he was. Well, right. he was on The Bachelor when his That's career right. nose died. Correct. Like the ladies, and Mary Pierce mm. was actually, um, you know, known to sort of frolic and, and enjoy the was she? the. Um, the hospitality that Melbourne provided at times. Okay. Uh, we yeah. have, you know, I'm aware of a couple of stories that we're probably not uh, oh. at... Um, From sources. Yeah, yeah, sources say. Yeah, okay. Um, but we're not going to say our sources on this one, but let's no. just say Mary Pierce yep. um, didn't mind the old double. Um, oh, okay. Righty so, so Playing doubles with the Playboy Scud could have worked really well. Well, good luck Mary, I guess. She probably... Was a bit like our ice hockey player from the list previously, Dick Paradise. Sounds like Mary. That's correct. Now, Maka, so, whilst you you hated the scud, you did have a quite a fondness for Marit Safin. Yeah, Marit Safin. Yeah, he was probably one of my favourites. And what I loved about Marit was basically the unpredictability of the guests that he would bring to his players' box every match. I feel like the Australian Open has probably lost something since since Marit retired. Yeah. Um, and some of the personalities have gone out of the game. I mean, you do have. Um, uh, blokes like Nick Kyrgios who just quietly have just won the Brisbane International um, so good luck Nick That's who fantastic. did uh, Marit Safin beat which Aussie did he beat when he won the Aussie Open a few years ago oh in the final of the yeah, Australian the Open final, I'm pretty sure yeah was uh, it Leighton Hewitt or was it oh well it probably would have had to have been at that stage I think we probably have to Google that but I think by that point like the great Australian players like Pat Rafter and stuff, I think, were off the tour by yeah. that point. Well, let's just so. say Marit's box got a lot of airtime. Um, mm. Plenty of attractive European lasses. It did, and and he just wondered what role those those ladies filled in in his entourage. Like, I it didn't look a whole lot like any of them were kind of physiotherapists. No. Yeah, but, but it definitely brought uh, uh, mm. a sense of entertainment and glamour to tennis, which yeah. which we probably both agree lacks at times. It does a little. It can bit, be a little yeah. bit sterile because you may have someone sterile a little bit like Roger Federer, who you know may or may not be yeah the good guy swinging from the rafters back home. You, you always know. need a bad guy or a lovable larrikin in tennis. And the love the the best lovable larrikin I think that tennis has ever had, Andre Agassi. That's right. Yeah. Married a, a, another great Steffi Graf. Yep. Yeah. Now, that is a pairing that you would think would produce two pretty good tennis players. So, like, their kids would have to be pretty good tennis players, wouldn't they? What if they're shit? Well... Are they ruined? Like, if your parents are Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf, and they turn out to be rubbish tennis players... Yeah. It's almost like Michael Jordan's sons who just were no good at basketball. Yeah, that's right. It would be pretty disappointing, wouldn't it? It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. 
I imagine those two children, well, probably no more pressure than Andre and Steffi felt from their own parents. They were pretty, mm. read their books, I think. That, you know, get hold of their books, you'd know what kind of psycho parenting was, wouldn't you? Do you think, um, who wins the backyard battles now, Andre or Steffi? Oh, well, I reckon Steffi probably had him covered. She was relentless. Like, she, I don't think she'd take any shit from Andre. Do you think she wears the pants in that in that partnership? Oh, Probably. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. She was pretty hardcore, Steffi. Like, and I think uh, he, uh, like, Andre, by the time he finished his career, he was pretty much, you know, down and out. Like, his back was busted. He had nothing. So That was the heyday of tennis growing up. And yeah. The women had Steffi Graf and Monica Sellis. Yeah. Um, we also had my all-time favourite female yeah. tennis player, yeah. Martina Hingis. Ah, uh, Martina Hingis. So, you had a crush on Martina Hingis, did I you? loved Martina Hingis, and... Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Who didn't love Martina Hingis in their teens? Yeah, well, growing up, mate, it was pretty hard not to love Martina. World number one at 16. She was a good-looking girl. Yeah. Played good tennis, had a lovely smile. Yeah, she did. But it all turned to shit for Martina. <laughs> what, her career or the way she looked? Oh, I think it all went downhill when she cut her hair short. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, um, that was a bit of a deal-breaker for not only myself, but... Many red-blooded 15 to 17-year-old males in the, the summer. For the, for the male population of Canberra. Yes, that's right. And uh, probably a lot, a lot of other places. But it's yeah, fair probably. to say yeah. that the disappointment of seeing Martina Hingis rock the like a pixie cut or whatever it was, a short hair, yeah. was uh, kind of like finding out a super hot girl smoke cigarettes. No, oh, yeah. just becomes yeah. instantly unattractive. Yeah, it's always disappointing. So if you're a super hot girl and you listen to this podcast... Stop smoking. That's right. Yeah, but to Martina's credit, mm. um, she did come back and she regained the world number one and won another couple of tournaments and and then she became a bit of a legendary doubles player, I think it was. Or yeah, she doubles. had a long break though, didn't she? Because she actually retired from the game through injury that mm. she attributed to her shoe provider. Okay. And she had a big battle against the shoe provider i can't remember what the shoe provider was called but probably not nike then no nah, it wasn't nike no because she went with kind of one she was going to be a trailblazer or something for a company and anyway it didn't go well sergio Ticini, i think might have been it I don't, mm. maybe that's i, I think they made uniforms name. but you know the old saying buy cheap buy twice always buy the good stuff people yeah exactly yeah just very quickly leighton hewitt was the person that was defeated by Marit safin um in the 2005 australian open so four sets apparently so and whilst we're all rooting for um, Leighton, mm. Marrett was definitely rooting for something else. <laughs> yeah, maybe Mary was also doing the same. But um, look, this week in Australia always brings out um, the, I guess, the tennis ex- exhibitions as well. The Fast Four Tennis, I'm sure, is going to get a start in the next couple of days. Um, but Streety, what do you think we can do, mate, to make tennis more attractive? We've got... We've got 2020 cricket. We've got all sorts of hybrid versions of the game. I think AFLX is coming up um, in a couple of months. But we've got uh, tennis, like we said, maybe getting a bit stale except for a few personalities. What would you do to make tennis more attractive? Well, I actually think people in the crowd can get a bit shirty. Um, a little bit sort of, you know, what, there's nothing wrong with someone throwing the odd whistle or trying to, you know, psych, psych someone out when they're trying to surf. So take away the whole quiet, please. 
Yeah, but I mean, I, I think it would be very hard hard to get rid of that. What mm. I would actually like to see is a bit more the crowd having a bit more fun. Oh, yeah. um, and not being told to shush up all the time. Yeah. So I probably would suggest that they adopt something like they have at the Gabba for the cricket with a a pool party going ah, on. Yeah. A section of the of the Rod Laver Arena dedicated to a party pool. Oh, that would be a loser. I don't think I'd want to get in it. I've got a bit of a problem with communal pools. Very unhygienic. Well, I know that. I understand that. But yeah. can you imagine? You know, you obviously but, you would pay premium, get it, yeah. premium prices people, for a pool party at the tennis. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see why those people those hot days with the roof off, be you know, yeah. be the best seat in the house. Yep. Um, the only problem I see is that the whole pool parties can get pretty loose and and uh, pretty wild and, and and rowdy. Yep. So perhaps they may need to look at a soundproof enclosure for the pool party but okay. I still think it's a uh, it's a great idea and just an update on Kyrgios he's won the tournament he looks very happy yeah good on you yeah no he's, he's loving life and so okay so an Australian Open pool party you heard it here first if the Australian Open introduces a pool party um, we'll be taking them to court so if you're a copyright lawyer just um, get in touch um, but what else like game wise so okay so the fans need to be a bit looser there needs to be a little bit more fun out there and a pool party would be your suggestion. That's um, for the crowd side of things. I, I think to jazz tennis up in general, I, uh, perhaps maybe we could look at ways to innovate the sport a bit more uh, yep. to make it more interesting for the viewer experience. Mm-hmm. So I suggest a moneyball type um, thing where once per set um, yep. a player can use the moneyball Yeah. Um, and they would use it when they're serving. Yep. And basically, it's worth double points. Okay. So if you serve an ace, it's worth double points. Yep. So you could use your money ball when you are sitting on, you know, you, know, you need two points to, to win the set. Yep. So you can bring out the money ball and try and bang an ace in. Yep. And then uh, instead of hitting, you know, 40 and then win the point, you can win it from 30. Okay. So that might spice things so up. So at critical points, you bring out that money ball yes. and you go, right, I'm going to take this game. But just like that. That's right. But, the but other, only when you serve? Only when you serve. Okay. Um, I'd like to see that. I think that's a great idea. I'd like to see that introduced even when you're not serving so you could get a critical break. You know, so you could go from, say, yeah. 30, if you get someone to 30, yeah. and you just go, bang, I'm just going to get one more point. Yeah, I'm sure it's an idea that could be explored further. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I mean, if you if you use the, 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 the double point, the money ball play, yep. and you screwed it up, well, then the points swing the other way. Oh, yeah, okay. So there's a fair risk-reward type scenario. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. Um, but the Very ball would good. have to be a different colour, maybe like a hot pink or oh, yeah. maybe one that lights up or something oh, like that. Oh, we all love a good different colour ball when we get a gimmick, don't we? Yeah. Like, you know. Another thing could be, I don't know if they do this, but uh, maybe make the whole arena dark yep. and paint the, the lines of the court in fluorescent Oh yeah. and get it under black light and everyone plays fluoro tennis. <laughs> I think that's been tried, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. Look, my suggestion is um, certainly not as professional as yours. I'm going to suggest no umpires. So I'm going to suggest basically players call their own ins and outs. Um, And uh, I I think that would just bring it right back to the grassroots of the game, like you and me playing down at District Park, where I feel like probably you've called a few of my shots, my lobs out that I think may have been in. Um, I think that sort of stuff would really spice up tennis, I reckon. Yeah, true. There that was would a time really where set off a guy like Kyrgios, you know. If, say Ryan Harrison tonight here said, mate, that was out. Sorry, yeah. I'm the only, I'm the closest one. You didn't see it. Yeah, tennis uh, can definitely be a frustrating game. And oh, if yeah. there was umpires, perhaps it would be less... Uh, no, no umpires would be less frustrating. No umpires. Everyone just calls their own ins out. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, worth it. 
have a think about that. Bit of an honesty system. Um, yeah, we all love a good honesty system. Well, I think Maca, we're just hit just short of the one hour mark, so it's a it's a record podcast length for us. Yep, we've had a good chat. Um, just on our how to find us, basically, if you are a mad podcast listener, uh, we're happy to announce that today we have our podcast. On Stitcher, which is one of the world's most popular podcast apps. So if you use Stitcher to listen to all your favorite shows, you can find us. Just search Sports and Spit. Find the yellow logo with the green writing. Ripped off from not ESPN. No, definitely not. All original. So you can find us there. Our iTunes uh, store should be ready soon. That takes a little bit longer for that approval to go through. But now that we've changed our name, we're all above board. We should be all good. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're happy to take your suggestions. So if there's things that you would like t- for us to discuss, um, we're happy to take messages, some uh, DMs Definitely. through our social accounts, and we'll certainly put it on our to-do list for our show. And looking forward. Yeah. We've got footy coming up. I Heaps to come. Two months. I think the footy season start. Yeah, so we're going to try and make this a regular weekly podcast and uh, get an episode out to you each week. Maybe it won't be as long as the way we've crapped on tonight. But we'll see how we go. Every night could be different, so you never know what you're going to get. So hopefully you'll tune in again for episode three coming soon. That's exactly right. And we would just like to give a couple of shout-outs. Now, when I made my original post about Stitcher, we had one of our biggest fans, Darren Duff. Um, he pointed out a typo. Duffy. Yeah. Darren Duff pointing a typo out is, you know... Pretty embarrassing. Especially, yes. Yeah. So uh, we're happy that that Duffy pointed the typo out and a little bit surprised it came from him. Yeah, absolutely. But Duffy, we love the fact that you listen to our show and um, I think there's probably a place for uh, your own segment um, at some point. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. we just have to work out what that that can be. Absolutely. Good stories from Duff. We'll be back soon. Uh, Episode 3 coming up. We hope you enjoy this show and the second shout out quickly as Nick Kyrgios gives his speech uh, we just might get some audio here if we can oh, uh, here please. We go. he's got a coach so he may be not here there but his brother's really really ecstatic but we can't tell yeah. he's filming on his iPhone Costas, Kyrgios. Now, honestly, Nick, get off. That's good. You yeah. won. See you, mate. That's yeah. enough for Kyrgios. He needs to go shoot some hoops at a local court up there. Yeah. That's enough of us. we got to go. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you in episode three. Out.